Hey everyone, Dan Tate's here, welcoming you into another episode of the Old School Saturday Film Vault from Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. Today we are reaching into the vault, dusting off mine and Icky's episode where we covered the 1952 movie, The Adventures of Robin Hood and His Merry Men. Hope you enjoy. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, Green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree. Killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. of Sherwood Forest into the hearts of the world comes riding the merriest, most adventurous rogue of them all, Robin Hood. In the light of his flashing sword, tyrants tremble. Stand where you are. Take the outlaw alive. is a film classic for the ages, told by Walt Disney, with all the spirit, the high-hearted excitement and color of the greatest traditions in his storytelling art. Welcome all you fine cats and kittens to another mystifying, magical mystery ride that is Be Kind Rewind, your Disney movie podcast. I am your host, Dan Teat, and with me back in the studio again is Ichabod Bone. Really throwing a monkey wrench in our program. What was that? Did I lose you already? No. What'd you say? Good. Yeah, my schedule's been crazy, working six days a week, and my days off have been changing, so it's throwing a monkey wrench in our production plans here at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. Look at that, getting the email address out there at the beginning of the show. Way to go. (sighs) Well, we are here tonight to discuss the second live-action thriller that is on the Disney+. Plus. Um, Would you consider it a thriller? Or would you just consider it a eh movie? Got its ups and downs, really. We'll talk about that in a minute, but it was a sleeper for sure, I think. It was a sleeper. (laughs) Okay. Well, the movie in question is Robin Hood and His Merry Men, I believe is the official title of it. It was released on March the 13th, 1952. 
It did $2.1 million in worldwide box office, which is the equivalent of $20.6 million today. So, all in all, not a bad haul for a live-action movie with probably a little bit more expensive um, casting and everything like that. Yeah, I think it did pretty good. All right. Well, the movie begins with a man singing about Robin Hood as he walks through a forest, and this man is Alan Adale, and after he walks off screen, the words pop up, in the year 1190, Richard the Lionhearted summoned his armies to a crusade. Among the loyal knights who answered his call was the Earl of Huntington. So the scene shifts to Huntington Manor, where Marion's father is preparing for a ride, and Marion's nurse is looking around for Marion. Uh, Marion's father, no, I'm sorry, Robin's father walks in, declares that she isn't with Robin because Robin's alone in the meadow. And so we cut to Robin out taking target practice and he's shooting at a branch only to have a hand appear on the screen and move the branch with a, another little stick. And I actually backed it up and took a look. I'm like, well, that's a really interesting style choice because it's not something that you would actually see would be somebody literally manipulating the screen or the um objects on the screen until i realized that that's actually marion so marion misses or i'm sorry robin misses a target and he realizes what's happened after he tries to shoot a second arrow at the target and he chases her and they roll down a hill, a la um, Princess Bride. And Marion's nurse catches her and scolds her for playing with Robin. And Robin and Marion flirt back and forth. And that ends up with Robin getting kicked by Marion. And he falls over a tree stump. So our scene then shifts to Nottingham, where, John, where King Richard and Prince John are discussing politics. And... Marion's father, the Earl of Huntington, comes in and asks the Queen Mother to take Marion into the castle while the Earl is away on, on his crusade. The Sheriff of Nottingham then comes up and asks to go with the King, and the King grants this request, and John's ordered to find another Sheriff. The, they all walk outside, and the Archbishop of Canterbury prays for the Knights as they mount up and ride off. John watches the men ride off, and finds a new sheriff immediately. And he begins to work on a way to raise taxes and a whole new army of shooters, which is what he calls Bozeman. So we fast forward to two weeks later, and the shooters or archers or whatever you want to call it are on display, and they're shooting at a target, and it all comes down to Robin, Robin's father, and someone who happens to be shooting for the sheriff. Robin's uh, arrow hits the center of the target, and Robin's dad's arrow hits the center of Robin's target, or hits the center of Robin's arrow, and splits it in half. And he gets offered the prize, but instead defers it to Robin. And so Robin walks up, gives the, the prize, which is a golden arrow, to Marion, and this is where Marion lets Robin know that she's out. She's leaving for London right after this. 
And Robin obviously is upset about this, but he can't do anything about it. So, after everyone has got done shooting, the new sheriff declares that anyone that hit the white of the circle at 80 paces or further is free to join his army. And Robin and his dad say, no, that's not us. We're not going to do that. And this causes several of the other people who have hit the target to decline as well. So as Robin and his dad are walking through the forest, his dad gets shot in the back, which causes Robin to kill the archer who did this, who was the third person that was shooting at the target in the finale. And Robin runs off into the forest. And now we cut back to Alan Adele, and he's in Nottingham, and he's singing, and he sees a reward of 40 marks, which is kind of weird because I wasn't expecting English people to have marks. But what do I know? I wasn't around in 1190. But a reward of 40 marks has been offered for Robin, and several people are seen getting arrested before Robin and his men show up in Nottingham and fight in a rather grand and gallant fashion. And everyone escapes, including Robin. And the crowd starts turning ugly and riots and starts throwing um, potatoes and tomatoes and heads of lettuce at John right as he shows up. And John wants to know what the sheriff's going to do about it. And the sheriff says, well, I'll ride out and go catch Robin. And after this, we cut back to Sherwood Forest where John Little, or Little John as he disowned later, is entering the forest. And he and Robin fight on a branch or a log over a stream, and Robin gets knocked into a creek. John declares that he's come to join the Merry Men, and he gets instantly recruited because no one knocks Robin into the creek, obviously. And Robin says that he wishes that he had a holy man to be able to bless the men and take care of all of their um, spiritual needs and John tells him John tells him about Friar Tuck and Friar Tuck is found on the bank on the banks of another river singing two-part harmony with himself and Robin and he trade verbal and physical jabs until because they're, they're Robin says I want to go across the river and uh, Friar Tuck says okay well we can do that but you need to come on my back and about two-thirds of the way across the river, Friar knocks him off and pulls a knife and tells Robin, well, now that I'm over here, you have to take me back. And this goes on a couple of different times, each of them getting one up on the other, until suddenly the sheriff arrives and chases Robin back into the woods. And Friar Tuck's dog somehow comes out of nowhere, catches the sheriff, knocks him down, and Robin's men grab the sheriff and take him back to Robin's hideout. And this scene actually ends with the sheriff being robbed and trussed up with a um, deer's head and being sent off into the woods on the back of a horse riding it backward. And then we have some more words that actually pop up on the screen that says, yeah, says, says, when two years have passed, word reaches London that the crusade has ended in failure. Richard himself is imprisoned in Austria and held for a ransom of 100,000 marks. The task of raising this staggering sum fell upon the Queen Mother 
and the Archbishop of Canterbury. And the Queen Mother and the Archbishop are talking to John, and he tells them, well, I haven't raised anything. And the Queen asks why, and he's like, well, it's all Robin's fault, because I had to raise an army to go out and try to capture Robin. And after John said this, Marion comes in, begs to go see Robin, but she gets denied by the Queen Mother. So the next thing that we see is a um, errand boy saying, well, I walk all through the forest and I'm not scared. And so we think that Marion sent someone off to go tell Robin what's going on. But instead, it ends up being Marion. And, and as she sets off into, into Sherwood, she's with Alan Adele and one other person, I can't remember who it was, and they all get jumped by Robin. And this scene ends up with Marion convincing Robin and his men to give all the money that they've robbed from the rich to give to the ransom. And Friar Tuck walks Marion back to his back to his um, monastery, I guess is what it's called. And Robin and Marion kiss passionately as she leaves. And the next morning, Marion comes into town with Robin's money and almost throws a riot because the sheriff hasn't given any money. And he quickly brings out his coffer, and I leave that word in quotes because it's not his full coffer, but the coffer that he brings forward has almost 1,200 marks in it. And while he's doing this, Robin and his men rob the true coffers and deliver the rest of the silver and the gold onto the counter. And the sheriff's hoisted on everybody's shoulders, and he's the savior of the king and everything like that. And when he's going across the moat, he looks down and realizes that it's uh, Little John and Robin and a couple of the other um, men, and he tells them to put him down. And Robin says, okay, and they just throw him in the moat. So we cut to Prince John, and he's in the castle, and he calls the sheriff and tells them that what they're going to do is to rob the convoy that's taking all of the gold, and they're going to bring all the money back. And Marion hears about this and gets thrown into the dungeon, and as the sheriff's men set off, one of Robin's men sees this, and quickly warns Robin, who rides out with all of his men. And the fake marrying men rob the convoy, only to have Robin show up, and he runs them all off. And he shows the queen who has tried to rob her, and this is where he finds out that Marion is missing. So Robin and his men return to the castle and demand to see Marion, and they throw John in the dungeon. And they're all riding out, all the people that have ridden in, to take Marion, including Marion, and they get to the drawbridge, and Robin orders the sheriff to lower the drawbridge, and the sheriff says, well, yeah, I can do that, and he gives his word as a knight that he won't cry out, but as soon as Robin is up on the drawbridge, he goes against his word, and this starts a fight, which ends up with the sheriff being crushed by the bridge, and Robin falling off the side and into the moat below, where he is rescued by his men. And the next morning, the people are all waiting for word of Robin, and Marion's in there tending to him as a woman that's in love with her man. 
and suddenly there's a commotion out front, and it's a man dressed in black who is ridden into the camp. And lo and behold, this turns out to be King Richard, who has bestowed upon Robin the title, the title of Earl of Loxley. And Marion runs out to see what all the commotion is about. And the king tells Marion that the queen has decided that she is to marry, to marry the Earl of Loxley without letting on who the Earl of Loxley is. Marion, of course, begins to protest until the king lets on that Robin is the new Earl of Loxley. And she turns around and jumps on him. And the movie ends with Alan Adele once again singing about Robin. And that is your movie. So, was this your first time actually watching this? I didn't know such a thing existed, so yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of it tripped me out when I started looking at the list of Disney movies, and I was like, wait a minute, I thought Robin Hood was like 20, 25 years later. Then I was like, oh, this is that Robin But this was, was a good departure. I definitely enjoyed watching it and seeing what was what their take on the um, Disney movies were, or not the it's been a long day, the, on what their take for the Robin Hood mythology was, because it was a, it was, I mean, I definitely wasn't expecting that level of um, action, I guess. I mean, just based on what we saw from, what we saw from um, Treasure Island. Yeah. And the and the fact that I mean the movie pretty much kicked off with action. Well, no, it kicked off with Alan Adele walking around singing, but then after that it kicked into the action with the dad getting killed and Robin Robin saying he will get his vengeance, but not really saying those words. Um, what what did you think about the the actual movie itself? You said you had you had a lot to say about it. I called it a sleeper because I I don't know maybe just me but for the first half hour I was ready to pluck my eyeballs out I was like this is so boring I feel like I'm sitting in tenth grade history class watching Roots falling asleep trying not I was just like what is this Disney what are you doing but then about half an hour in my eyes opened and I was like wow this movie is more relevant to twenty than it ever has been before and from that point on I was just enthralled so then it was like wow this is like imitating life or verse vicey whatever so yeah i'm trying to think where the half hour i'm trying to think where the half hour mark of the movie was because i i did that i did this and then i did the the next movie back to back on a on a sunday afternoon so yeah it's just when i realized wait a minute this movie is set in like what 1110 or something like that like 1190 and the things that they're struggling with are the same things that we're struggling with today. They've got a corrupt sheriff, a corrupt police department. They've got a government that's overtaxing their people that are power hungry. They've got people that are fed up with the government and they're wanting to revolt. But they're afraid to. Wow. They've got people starting their own little colonies off in the middle of nowhere and their own autonomous. So from that point, I was like, wow. And then the Merry Men, you could call them an, an experiment in, in socialism or communism and, or democratic, so whatever. It, I was just like, wow, this is so pertinent for today and everything we're going. And see, I didn't look at it like anything like that. The All that I actually looked at it as was a, was a swashbuckling tale 
of men that were trying to do things right when the whole world was doing things wrong. Which is, I mean, with Little John, uh, not Little, Prince John. It's bad when you got two Johns because you got to keep them straight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, when you got Little, why do I want to keep calling Prince John Little John, man? <laughs> you got to help keep me straight tonight. But with, he was, the instant that the king was literally over and out of sight, he starts conspiring with his new sheriff to try to take down Robin Hood. Right. And I mean, I kind of call myself versed in the Robin Hood mythos because I've watched, um, of course, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner. I watched Men in Tights. With Carrie Yules, which for some reason should be a Disney movie, but I don't think it is. No. Um, of course, I've watched the cart or parts of the cartoon version because once again, it's a Disney classic. Right. Right. And yeah. then there was a three-season BBC series that I just finished watching, like maybe six or seven months ago. And then, of course, that was that there was that Russell Crowe debacle that I think was them trying to kickstart a franchise, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, when when they started with Maid Marian's dad going off and instead of Robin, which all the other versions of Robin Hood was Robin Hood was the one that actually went off to war and came back. Or all the ones that I remember. Yeah. So, it was a, it was a subtle twist on the mythos, but still everything was lining up because you had the evil corrupt sheriff you had prince john running around doing his thing and i mean with those two pieces in play you didn't know what was except that at the very end of the movie the king was going to come back and everything was going to be right and perfect and everyone was going to live happily ever after it is a disney movie you kind of have to go that way at least back then you did well i mean yeah i could i could see how that how the disney the Disney twist on it, so to speak, would mean that everybody would have to... It's basically your sitcom analogy nowadays. you got 25 minutes that you have to do A, B, C, and then everything has to get resolved at right. the 22-minute mark, so that way everybody can go their merry ways and forget that any of it ever happened. And, I mean, th- this, was, this, was a, this was a Disney-fied sitcom, for lack of a better term, on this one. Yeah, in its basic format, I guess you could say that, yeah. And, I mean, I definitely liked this better than Treasure Island, although I do count myself checking to see how much time was left to try to figure out where things were going to fall in into place on the, <laughs> on the actual movie. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, let's talk about Friar Tuck for a minute. <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Did he, <laughs> did he get scalped by one of the red men from Peter Pan? What's going on with his hair? I'm I'm not I'm not even talking about that part. I'm talking about the fact that when you first see him, he's sitting singing two-part harmony with himself, <laughs> eating some kind of Turkish delight type thing. Yeah, enraptured. <laughs> I mean, is there? Of course, he's taken a vow of celibacy. He's a monk. Yeah, but it may have been a little bit of. I know where you're going with this, and we're not <laughs> going to talk about that. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, but the fact that when Little John shows up and Robin all of a sudden's like, well, now I need a merry man. 
or not a merry man, a holy man. And John's like, well, I know just the guy for you. And he's just up the road. And he's probably going to try to coerce you into doing something because that's how he plays. And then they're going back and forth across the river. And each time that one of them got across, they had to one-up them. It was like the Bugs Bunny cartoon where Yosemite Sam runs in with the six-shooter. Then Bugs comes back with the eight-shooter. Then Sam comes back with the ten-shooter. That that's what that's yeah. what I got the the feeling that that was but yeah definitely I mean it was it was I don't even know how to describe it other than Friar Tuck was probably my second favorite character in the whole movie just because he was the he was the wild card in the whole deal or yeah. do you not or do you not I'm feel that way no are you there did I lose you yeah I'm here what, what what were you getting ready to say you were saying he was a wild card I was even saying he may be the comic relief yeah. The the joke the jokester that you have to have in every in every um, Disney movie so to speak yeah so I'm trying to, I'm trying to look through my notes on this I don't recall the British Crown having Deutsch marks or marks anywhere during the actual during their um, reign do you remember anything about them having marks no nope don't think I, I was ever their form of accepted currency. I remember getting marks in school for being for being a bad character, but I definitely, unless it was because of the when um, Richard was captured, they had to get the common form of currency for everybody to be on the same wavelength. That's the only reason that I would think that they would have the the marks for Robin Hood. But what do I know? Isn't that where they had to pay the ranch into Austria, right? Yeah, which would have been under Germanic rule, maybe. Yeah. But it, it it that that right there kind of turned me the wrong way because I didn't remember England having anything other than pound sterling and shillings and all that. And yeah. then and then when the sheriff actually was sat down to dinner with Robin and they start tallying up all the money that was owed, they started talking shillings and pounds and farthings and all this, and there was no mention of marks. Yeah, I didn't really even catch that. Good point. I mean, it was... I kind of wonder if they took a page from the Errol Flynn way to make a movie with this. Because you had Robin swing in a couple of times like he was a um, like he was a swashbuckling pirate with him flying in with his ropes. Or am I getting right. Peter Pan confused? <laughs> <laughs> a la Tarzan. Yeah, a la Tarzan and Jane and a la um, all the other pirate movies that were being made. Yeah, it was quite, quite the craze during that time, right? I was actually surprised that we saw a kiss between an unmarried couple in this. Ooh, yeah. We're talking. I mean, the the fact that you had two people who weren't married, weren't even engaged to be married until the very end of the movie. And, I mean, she planted a couple of good kisses on him, and I don't think he <laughs> turned her down on any of them. Yeah. Uh, trying to... Just the whole turnabout at the end was just so so interesting and so captivating for me. How they they disguised themselves as merry men, and then the merry men came in and fought them, and then they disguised as the the castle men and came into the castle, and it, that was just such a twisty turny end. I was like, that is genius. That again just goes to show that even then there was such political and 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 just in humankind in general there was so much you know I don't know fighting going on even back then like what we're seeing now. Well, there's nothing new. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with you on that. Um, 
I'm going to shift. I'm going to shift gears and talk about one thing that did concern me that I saw. Well, another thing that concerned me, I guess. Did you see that when Robin and the sheriff were fighting on the bridge, the drawbridge, right. that the sheriff didn't have merely a flesh wound? Oh yeah, he got smashed, didn't he? Yeah, he got crushed. I mean, the the fact the fact that this was I mean, I don't really even know how to describe it other than he got banged up real good and beat down. And meanwhile, Robin just falls off the top of the bridge and keeps on going. Well, except for the fact that he almost died and he would have died with the exception of the um Mary made Marion's loving touches and her shoving a whole bowl of porridge down his throat. Robin just climbed back down the drawbridge as it was closing and take the chains and just open the drawbridge back up. Why did he try to climb up and climb over? Just drop back down and open it back up. Yeah, that that would have made more sense unless they couldn't open the drawbridge because of how badly the the um sheriff was squished inside of it. Oh, yeah. Could be. Um, the one other thing that got me was at the very end when you had the when you had the black knight run riding in to the middle of Robin's um camp. I mean, if this is supposed to be a secret location, <laughs> wouldn't you think that they would have had people whiz whiz banging the arrows all around them to let people know, hey, listen, somebody's coming in and yeah. you might want to stop him. Yeah, they should have had a lookout with yeah with those whistling arrows, which I thought that was genius. By the way, that was so awesome. Those different code whistles. Yeah. yeah, and the fact that every person had their own colored arrow so that you knew that, oh, well, that's Will Scarlet's arrow. He's in trouble. We have to go get to him. No, wait, is that Robin's arrow? Or whose arrow is that? Oh, I didn't realize the arrows were from different people. I thought the different color meant, each different color meant a different thing. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Well, no, when, when um... At the very beginning, when they were talking about the the archers, Robin and his dad had a specific kind of arrow. Okay. And then the the sheriff's bad man that ends up getting it in the back from Robin. Right. He had his own specific arrow, and then when the whistling arrows started, each of them were like, "Well, Will Scarlet's calling in from over here. We need to go check." Yeah. And and he had a red arrow that had like black flecking through it or something like that so that's that's what that's the way that i interpreted it. i could have just been reading into it because that's this is my this is my type of movie um the genetics fell down into the water you hear me am i with you yeah i'm with you robin barely escapes climbs through the drawbridge drops down into the moat and then as at robin who's not that far away and not one of them hit him one time nor when all the merry men came up on their horses totally unprotected not one of them got hit i mean these are trained marksmen right these are these guys are like you know stormtrooper <laughs> yeah th- this could this could be where george lucas actually got his idea for the storm stormtroopers because none of the stormtroopers ever hit none of the stormtroopers ever hit anything that they were trying to um shoot at exactly and these guys at the top of the castle didn't hit one of the merry men just standing there or just sitting there on their horse, not taking any cover. Come on. They must be the great, great, great grandparents of the stormtroopers. 
Well, we have said that every Disney movie's interlaced. So the fact that the Stormtroopers couldn't hit anybody. Yeah. I mentioned a few episodes back, there was, in the credits, I don't know who it was, one of the directors or something, and his name was Anakin. Yeah, that that was that was this movie. We saw it a few movies back, too. I think it was Treasure, whatever it was, when we first formulated that theory that they were connected. He's here, too, so that's it. <laughs> so, so Anakin went off and found Padme, and <laughs> then they had Stormtroopers. No, wait, that's not how that movie went. <laughs> that's that's, uh, that's yeah, a different one. Well, do you have anything else that stuck out to you other than the corruptness and the fact that the stormtrooper archers couldn't hit a hit the broadside of a barn? <laughs> no, not the movie itself. No, I think that's it. Okay. Well, um, let's move on to the fun part. Then. How? What is today's impact on this movie? I mean, we know that Robin Hood is a people today would say. Th- I don't know, maybe I was like, I can't believe I have to watch this. Oh, but I mean, it was a precursor for the, I guess, the animated version of Robin Hood, which did become pretty popular, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Off the top of my head, no. Not that I know of. Well, let me look, because I'm, I'm pulling up the Disney wiki list, and of course, it freezes up right as I pull it up. That's how things work. The This makes for great audio, and I'm glad that it, most of it's going to get edited out. Yeah. Robin Hood, the animated, was released 21 years later. And somehow I think we mentioned that when we were discussing this Robin Hood last week for the when we were getting ready for it. Because neither of us were really familiar with this, with this movie at all. Yeah. Okay, well, um, of course this movie had a large impact on the Disney universe because it did get released again as a animated movie with animals not humans 21 years later i don't think there is or well you can correct me is there a is there a disney ride for robin hood anywhere not that i know of i looked online and it says robin hood's target shootems it's just down the way from aristocrats music show across the Avenue from Target Range game somewhere. But that's about it. Hmm. But of course, that's the cartoon version, not the live action. Probably, yeah. Well, we know that this movie, I mean, well, not this movie particular, but that um, Robin Hood is a well-known movie. It's, or the, why do I keep wanting to say that? Robin Hood itself is a well-known tale. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think Jamie Foxx actually did a remake of it a couple of years ago that totally bombed in the in the theater. Really? Yeah, because I think they tried to make it into, like, a modern-day Robin Hood. I don't know. I never saw it. It, hmm. it looked interesting, but by the time that I got around to actually going to see it, it had been out of the theaters for about a month. Hmm. But we, we definitely know... That Robin Hood is, shall we say, a well-loved tale. I think the whole concept of the downtrodden, of, as it were, stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, that whole idea, however you want to frame it, whatever you want to call it, that's probably still prevalent in today's society in some ways, with 
call it wealth disparity or well, whatever you want. You know, we don't need to get into politics at all, but that <laughs> concept is, is definitely a thing in today's world. Yeah, we, we definitely don't want to turn this into the um, into the What's Wrong with the World podcast because there's enough of those out there. Yeah, exactly. Well, then let's go ahead and move on. Next question. Is this movie mirrored in other than Bernie? One I don't know what. Other than Bernie, and then we're going to start talking politics and have us talk about the wealth dist- redistribution, take from the poor, give to the rich. That's not how things. But strike that. Strike that. Back it up. Flip it. Reverse it. It was. I mean, I think the fact that this movie actually took the um, we didn't even talk about this. The fact that Marion convinced Robin to take all the money that they had actually robbed the rich Ooh, and give it back yeah well not to give it back but to actually use it to ransom the king right yeah and the fact that when she rode into town with the money that suddenly prince john didn't like the fact that robin had all this money just laying around and so i wonder if robin was plotting from the beginning i wonder if he didn't say it, but he knew that they were going to go and plant themselves in the crowd and force Sheriff Nottingham I mean, I think... Try to steal it back, but he didn't. Well, I think that once Marion said she was going to go take the... She was going to take the money, and Robin and all the merry men agreed to it, that it, it turned into a way to actually find out what... To actually find out what the sheriff and the and the prince actually had hidden in their coffer. Yeah. Because I mean, the fact that Prince John, when when the when his mom comes in and says, "Well, why haven't you raised any money?" and he's like, "Well, it's because of Robin Hood. I've had to raise a brand new army of archers." to try to route him out, but then nobody actually routed him out, and he was just sitting on the money. Yeah. I mean, but the, I mean, the, it kind of shifted everything on its head with Marion coming in with all of Robin's money, and then the sheriff had to say, oh, well, I've got 1,200 pieces right here, so I'm giving more than Robin. And then Robin and the rest of the robbers come in and say, oh, well, you think that's great? He also has this sitting back in his treasure troves that he didn't want to tell you about. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How how art imitates life. How it's just like, wow, this seems like here's like stuff we're reading in the news in modern day. It's just I had to sit back and go, wow. So I guess this actually is mirrored in culture today. Whether pull- we whether we want to admit it or not, this is actually mirrored in culture. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think so. So the fact that that this is mirrored means that it does actually fit into today's society and we wouldn't really we wouldn't really want to um say that it wasn't I mean I'm trying I'm trying to figure out how to say this, I guess with right how exactly would we say that it it fits into today's society, but at the same time, we don't want to admit that it is into today's society. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it's just a lesson that people are people, human beings are are flawed and and sinful, if you will, and uh, they always have been, and they we as humanity will cannot we have not learned our lesson, 
in 800 years. You think, you know, you hear that saying, history, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And you see we're still doing the same stupid things 800 years later. Yeah. So are we ever going to learn as a, as a race of people? I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah, so with that, I'm going to ask, do you have anything else that you want to add on to this? Mm, it was great how at the end Robin was, what would you say, knighted? Earl, yep. Earl, Earl of Loxley, is that the title he got? Yeah, it was it was Robin, Earl of Loxley, and then Marion throws a fit because she had to marry the the Earl of Loxley, not knowing that the Earl of Loxley was actually Robin. That was great that they put a nice little bow on it and wrapped it up. Yeah. Like we do with our episode. Every- <laughs> yeah. So, do we have anything else? Is a criminal? What would you say about a criminal? So, they had they had considered Robin to be a, a criminal. You know, and, and I don't know what word they use, but they didn't like who he was. You know, he was a rule breaker, a bad person. And then at the end, he was accepted and even given a rank in the government, in society. So, does that say something else about... Sometimes you have to uh, break rules for the greater good of society. Yeah. I, I don't know. That That's what it sounds like to me. So I guess that's the moral of the story today. Go out and break rules and see what you can get away with. Wait. <laughs> no. Again, how pertinent is that in today's world? <laughs> oh, boy. I'll just leave that one there. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll just we'll just leave that one and see if the emails start coming in next week with people saying, "Wait, you didn't really just say that at the end of the show, because that means that you actually listened to the entire show." Which would be okay. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are thinking about writing hate mail, you can send it to be kind rewind dmp at gmail dot com. Of course, it doesn't have to be hate mail. It can be any kind of mail. Let us know what you thought about the movie. Let us know what we got right, what we got wrong. Whether or not the British actually did have did actually have the marks back in the 12th century. Because I'm hoping we're going to have some historical scholars come in and, and learn us on all the things that we got wrong in this one. Yeah, really. But, yeah, if you, if you want to send us an email... Be kind, rewind DMP. The DMP, as always, stands for Disney Movie Podcast, and that is at gmail.com. We want to thank you for listening and tuning in for another exciting episode. And next week's movie, we're back to the cartoons with another Disney classic. This time it is 1953's Peter Pan, which is actually a part of our intro because You Can Fly is one of the most, well, I want to say synonymous Disney um, theme songs that there is out there, even though it's not actually the theme song. <laughs> yeah, and Pixie Dust. Is in- yes, you can't do anything without Pixie Dust. All right, well, until next week, you have your assignments. Everyone get out there, read, yeah, read that movie, watch that uh, book. <laughs> and... We will talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. 
If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. The sheriff with three score bowmen rode out of Nottingham town. But Robin Hood left those bowmen a-gasping on the ground. Oh, the sheriff, he dined with Robin Hood, and when he had paid the score, back to Nottingham spurred. But from what I heard, he rode hindside to fall. <laughs> so here's to the tail in the sheriff's hand, and here's to the bowl in thine. And when you have drunk to Robin Hood, pray leave a penny in mine, in mine. Pray leave a penny in Sheriff with three score bowmen rode out of Nottingham town. But Robin Hood left those bowmen a gasping on the I trust you liked the song, my masters. Read all of it? Oh, yes. Uh, no, sir. Uh, now, here's the good, kind Robin Hood and his bold yeomanry. There's no better men than Scarlet or Little John in all our fair country. Only shall pass the hat in Sherwood Forest.